Hello, everyone. Welcome to The Real Deal with Sean Matthews. I have a special guest with me today, and his name is Mark Nuss. He is a partnership manager of Destiny's Rescue. Mark has, uh, I just want to get it correct, Mark. Mark has carried a deep interest and compassion for the underprivileged and vulnerable for most of his life. He has three beautiful daughters and a son of his own and experiencing firsthand the plight of young women caught in human trafficking. He is passionate about his role in Destiny Rescue and is determined to make a difference. That is powerful, Mark. Thank you so much. Destiny Rescue is a non-for-profit organization started in Australia over 18 years ago and is dedicated to fighting the trafficking and sexual exploitation of children in seven nations. Wow. They're highly trained agents run covert and red rescue operations day and night to locate and rescue children being used and abused. Welcome, Mark. How are you today? Thank you for joining me. Oh, thanks so much, Sean. Thanks so much for having me. I really, really kind of privilege to be on your podcast. And, um, and thank you so much for the opportunity that I can just talk today a bit more about what we do at Desi Rescue. Uh, I think we're one of the best kept secrets. We, like I said, we've been going over 18 years. Actually, in October is our 19th birthday. So, oh, wow. Um, uh, for Desi Rescue. So, we're, we're not a fly by night or something kind of new. We're, we've been doing it for a long time. And we've also, out of that, we've really worked out what works and what doesn't. And, um, you know, just, just to kind of add on just a little bit to give a bit more context for, for, your, for your listeners and your viewers. Um, yes. With Destiny Rescue, what, what probably makes us different from most organizations out there is we're, the, we're, we're one of the only very few organizations that actually, we literally go undercover into brothels and bars and all the dark and dingy places you can think of in these different countries looking for children that have been trafficked in the sex industry. Mm -hmm. And so... So it's, it's, it's like we go, uh, 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 you know, I gave an example to somebody of what makes us different from a lot of other great organizations out there because we need so many to actually fight this uh, um, scourge in our modern day society is that um, what makes us different from a lot of organizations, other organizations out there, I've used the Australian um, an analogy of, you know, in Australia, you know, we've got the surf life saving. So you've got the You've got the national arm that does all the advertising and, and tells us, please swim between the flags, does education on it, even warns tourists when they come in, you know, mm -hmm. please only swim at patrol beaches, swim between the flags, watch out for the roofs, which are all very important and, and, and great work. But Sean, if you're in the day, if you're on a day and you're in the, ocean, in the waves yourself and you can get yourself in trouble and you're starting mm -hmm. to drown, you want a, you want a surf, surf lifesaver right there with you in the water rescuing you yes and that's that's mm -hmm. us we we go into the places that people don't even dream or think of going into and we need and we physically going to look for these children we'll go into the bars brothels and all the dingy places and we'll look for the children we'll find them and we'll rescue them out of there so uh, yes it's it and and like you said before your intro we're in seven different nations um when people look us up they'll see we we can openly talk about uh, about basically half of them. Others we can't, which we, um, which we call undisclosed nations. And the reason for that is um, the, for political sensitive reasons, uh, and we can't mention the countries because they don't really like bringing attention to the fact that they've got a problem with child trafficking, and mm. especially child sex trafficking. So, yeah. 
you know, we, we, we operate in, and what I can talk about is, is Thailand, Cambodia, uh, um, we, we're in the Dominican Republic, which is um, uh, um, outside of Southeast Asia, but the rest of the country is all in South, Southeast Asia. And, um, yeah, and the Philippines, I can mention, and then the other nations are unfortunately quite mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yes. Definitely. Uh, well, I think our viewers and our listeners will totally understand that for privacy yeah. reasons, of course. Yes, um, yes, yes. And confidentiality, probably. which is totally yes, understandable. Yes, but um, yeah. I have a few questions for you today. Yes, so yes, let's, let's uh, get started here. How would uh, how did you start with Destiny Rescue, and what made you want to join a huge mission? That's oh, huge! It's, it's, uh, Incredible! Yes, it is. Um, so, what what how I got initially involved is my wife and I actually uh, became donors. So, because it's Destiny Rescue is a not for profit organization and totally relies on donations from people. There's no government help assistance in any areas from from any of the from any governments, uh, including Australia. So, it's all by donations. And so we are registered tier one not-for-profit here in Australia. Um, so my wife and I actually started by donating. Um, one of my oh. best mates uh, um, that I met early in my time I've been living, as you can hear, excuse the South African accent, it's never going to go away. I've been living in <laughs> Australia for, for 20 years and um, ended up marrying an Australian wife. And, but the accent is, I've got it for life. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, a good, strong accent. So, so yeah, so what... <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, you can blame my accent if certain people can't understand certain words. My apologies, but uh, yeah. So, uh, one of my best mates, him, he moved him and his family to Thailand to uh, to to go and actually stay there at uh, at one of our rescue centres and and work there. And that's how my wife and I found out about Disney Rescue and started the journey down the journey of donating to Disney Rescue. And then, you know, fast forward a couple of years down the track, um, I got a call out of the blue and they said, Mark, you want to do more? And, uh, and my, my reaction over the phone was immediately said, yes, just tell me where to sign up, what do I need to do, I'll, I'll get involved straight away. And, um, and I actually had to pull myself and said, oh, you know what? <laughs> Can I just give me tonight? I've got to talk to my wife. I've got to let her know this big shift, this decision. Yeah, career changing decision. So, yeah, it yeah. is. And so, yeah, but I wasn't, but my wife, you know, Lisa, she was immediately saying yes, no, definitely. It's a cause that's very close to our hearts. So, mm. and that, that's how and that's how I got involved with Disney Rescue, and 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 I absolutely love, I love the everybody that's involved with Disney Rescue. Uh, we've got a fantastic team, and and as organisation, I mean, doing this for now coming up to nineteen years as an organisation, we, we've we've learned a lot of lessons, what what works and what doesn't, and we've mm-hmm. you know we've really gotten good at what we do. And, and so far, we started counting our rescues um, in 2011, and we've rescued over 5,300 up to date since we started counting in 2011. So. Oh, wow. That is a huge number in 2011, did you say? Yes, From... that's when we started counting. And wow. so before that, we were expanding, growing into different countries, mm-hmm. and we're still growing. We've, we've, we've got another, you know, we've got another undisclosed nation we're looking at right now at the moment. So, and then expanding into, and um, yes, so since, since, since we started officially counting in 2011, we've, we've rescued over 5,300 individuals and, and, and still, even in this COVID environment, still operating and working strongly. So, oh, it's wow. not for us. Wow, that says a lot just in itself that during this COVID, um, you're still rescuing many uh, children, which is 
in much need and you're definitely making a difference. So it's fantastic. Oh, definitely. And, and what COVID's also done, because obviously you think, uh, um, why, why this has become a big thing also internationally is because you've got people, sex tourists that travel from all over the world. And that's why we can go and do undercover work. You know, you know, I look like your, 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 your basic perpetrator that travels to these countries. And they travel from everywhere, from Australia, from America, from South Africa, from Europe, everywhere. They'll, wow. They travel to these countries and, and they, you know, they'll go and uh, they'll travel as sex tourists and they go and, you know, buy children as, from very young till up till past 20, you know, uh, trafficked individuals and, and um, buy them for sex. And, and, you know, so obviously we see quite a bit of the dark side of, 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 of uh, humankind, unfortunately. But um, like, so what's happened with COVID is because a lot of these restrictions, people couldn't travel much. So you'd think things would stop, but until the criminal elements move pretty quickly. And so they all, they, a lot of them jump into cyber, uh, um, putting things online and even doing, uh, you know, taking abuse online so that uh, pedophiles and different people can actually hook in through the dark web and, and watch videos that they're creating uh, um, with these children. And our first cyber rescue, because this just kind of forced us also our hand into going to area that we were planning to go into. But our first cyber rescue ended up being a two-year-old boy um, that, um, if you don't mind, I'll give you just a quick, you sure, know, just, just any, any sort of case. Don't, you don't have yeah, to say any names yeah. or anything like that. But yeah. yeah, definitely share a story. Yes, for sure. Yes. So, so what happened is um, uh, the English uh, police um, raided a suspected pedophile's house. Um, in England, and on his phone, they found this uh, material of a two-year-old boy being uh, molested by his stepdad, and uh, and this was a but they couldn't work out exactly where and who it was, uh, um, uh, so they could work out it was in the Philippines. So they ended up contacting the National Bureau of Investigation in the Philippines, um, who deals with these type of cases, who in turn then contacted us as Destiny Rescue and said, "All right, can we all collaborate and work together?" So we, our guys, our guys um, found found out uh, which which kind of website was uh, on the dark web that was used and infiltrated it. And not to give too much away, but then ended up setting up a sting operation with the two other uh, internet um, other agencies, the Philippines National Bureau of Investigation as well as the English police. And we set up a sting operation in the Philippines. And um, the father was um, basically not only making material, molesting of his two-year-old uh, stepson, but he was also offering his stepson um, up for, for, for pedophiles to fly in and have sex with him. And so we um, uh, and molest him and um, we, we end up um, set up a sting operation. And um, long story short, the boy got bought in the Philippines and the stepdad brought him to a hotel, money was exchanged and he brought his uh, two-year-old stepson to a hotel to hand him over for us to suppose to go up to a hotel room to go molest the boy. And mm -hmm. as soon as he handed over the child... You've got the, quotation uh, marks, all, people said that, yeah. Just because some people won't see. Sorry, yeah, go ahead. So, sorry, yes, yes. <laughs> um, yes, yeah. yes, so we didn't do it in actual fact, but uh, that's why, sorry, quotation marks, yes. And yeah. so, so um, what we had done ahead of time was clear the hotel lobby organized ahead of time. So it was only our agents, the agents from the National Bureau of Investigation and the English um, Federal Police were there. And as soon as he handed over the child to us, uh, um, the, once that transaction was done, uh, we immediately 
created this human barrier between him and the child and wow. took him and he got taken into custody um, as well as his wife that was totally complicit in this whole uh, uh, abuse cycle that they were doing with their poor son. And I have to say the, the child is in, in, in safe care and being looked after beautifully and has got a total uh, chance to have a fantastic life ahead, um, even working through all the trauma he's gone through. So um, that was just, that was our first cyber case. And so that's the area that we started going into as well because of what's happened in COVID and things going online. So, but yeah. we're, we're expecting also, and in the meantime, we're still re rescued, you know, on, on site and all of these countries, although uh, um, the people like myself and that can't travel to, to the countries, we've got staff on site there. So we've got our yeah. rescue centers in the different countries and our rescue or, 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 um, um, uh, um, setups in the different countries. So we was, we're still actively rescuing, um, even although people aren't traveling as much as here. And we really believe, unfortunately, once travel restrictions are lifted, there will be a bit of an avalanche. And we're not the only ones uh, thinking this. The World uh, uh, Labour Organization is also estimating there will be an avalanche of traffic persons once all these restrictions are lifted. And um, unfortunately, a lot of it is, is, is driven by finances, you know. Um, and so the poor, poor, unfortunately, get affected more. And... Um, and that's what a lot of times drive even these girls, you know, uh, um, if I can just use my own, uh, own story. Is yes, I, I, we'd to, actually like to hear your story. Thank you for yeah, sharing that yeah. in a very uh, deep uh, uh, case with us because yes. uh, it, it's, it's very hard to hear. I know probably a lot of listeners, it's very hard to hear those sort of stories, but I think it's very important for us to know what's going on in the world. So thank you for sharing that well, case. Um, and I would like to hear yes, your story. Yes. Yes, it would yeah, be Yeah, no, fantastic. thank you so much. And please, I, I, can, I can talk underwater about this series. I just love everything that we stand for. So please yeah. interrupt me at any time. Yeah, that's but, uh, good. Yeah, but, but, I love the passion. I love the passion. Yeah. Um, but yes, yeah, so yeah, I know it's hard for people to hear, but this is the reality we faced is that mm -hmm. uh, um, it is, it is uh, trafficking overall is the fastest growing illegal industry in the world and the second largest illegal industry in the world. So it's just just, just behind uh, the uh, drug, the drug industry. And um, just, be, just before I jump, jump onto my story, what, what some of these organizations people had realized. So, so for example, I'm a drug, de a drug dealer. And, um, and, and with this- uh, um, Can't see you, Mark. Oh, there we go. Oh, so yeah. sorry. Uh, <laughs> That's okay, uh, um, keep going. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, Yes, so, so for example, if I'm a, a drug producer, and, and so usually I've got to be in some dingy country producing uh, uh, drugs, and uh, um, then I've got to have this whole supply network to get it. For example, just using you as an example, if you were a user and then, I've got to have this whole supply network and try and get it to you, and then finally you get it, you use it, and we've got to start the whole process from, from the start again. Yeah, now, right. what these guys okay. have worked out is with, with, with trafficking of people, and especially the sex trafficking, they can take a child and place a child in where they live, and people will fly in from all over the world to come and abuse that child. And that child will then produce for them over and over and over and over. And that's why this is such a fast-growing illegal industry, and, uh, um, and, and also financially, it's a huge, huge, huge problem. So... Uh, so I just wanted to set the kind of stage back to that. This is a huge issue. People need to talk about it. And thank you so much for the opportunity to talk on your podcast, because the more we talk about it, the more we bring it into life, the more people get educated about it, the yes. more actions will be started taking. And, and 
like I said, uh, we've been doing it for 19 years. We know how to do this. We've, we, we've become very efficient at what we do. Um, mm -hmm. And so my, my own story is I had the privilege to um, go and, and I did some undercover work in Cambodia and Thailand. Um, and in Thailand, I met with our founder who started all of this. His name is Tony Kerwin. Mm -hmm. And he started, and how he's gen the genesis of this rescue was he was sitting in a, in a bar in Thailand and overheard a guy bragging about uh, um, being offered a child to have sex mm -hmm. with. And that really rocked his own world, having girls himself. Yes. And he's like, we've got to do something about it and realize, by the way, I'm just going to start doing this. So um, so that's the genesis of, of this rescue is, is uh, a father who got touched in his heart and realized this is a problem and a growing problem and decided mm -hmm. he's going to do something about it. Mm -hmm. So turn me, so Very uh, passionate. back to my Very story. Yes. yes. And, and so, yes, yes, Tony, that he's, he's, he's the president of, of our organization and the founder, but he's still out there and he still goes out uh, uh, on a very regular basis um, going, doing covert operations and working. So I had the privilege to go with him and, and the head of our undercover work, um, I'll just call his name Damo. We, we call different names. We won't re reuse, you know. So yeah, we went for with sure. him. Keep going, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and um, so I went with them and we, we, we went into Padia uh, and we went into a real famous part, a street, walking street, where there's a lot of uh, um, tourists even go through. And they've got all these bars and karaoke bars and uh, where, we're, uh, uh, where sex tourists would visit. And we went into this one place and, and so I, I, when we did some undercover work and I sat there um, and I ended up sitting next to this girl and uh, I'll call her Sugi. That's not her real name. So just, yeah. we always believe in protecting the identity of, of all, all the girls we come in contact with and all the people we get to come in contact with. So Sugi made up name. And um, so yeah. Sugi, I, I sat next to Sugi and, and, you know, we were sitting there and, and, uh, I just felt to ask her, I just kind of quietly asked her, you know, said, Suki, how, how, how did you get to start working here? And, and you know, so she, she I think, felt comf comfortable enough and just said that four months before finding herself here, uh, where I was sitting next to her, four months before, she was in school and um, her younger sister was 10-year-old younger sister, both of them in school, um, they, their parents both working, life was, was good. Uh, suddenly her father, unfortunately, suddenly uh, passed away. Um, and very quickly she saw that her mother now working on her own, looking after their family was just, things were getting a bit tight financially and batting financially. So Sugi, you know, and this is just a pure, out of a pure heart decided, she said, mom, you know what, how about I pull out of school uh, let me go to the biggest city. Let me just find a job in a restaurant, just working so that I can help us financially. And therefore, uh -huh. uh, my 10-year-old sister, my younger sister doesn't have to, um, can still stay in school. And then uh -huh. once we work out financially, I, I can come back and finish my school. Yeah. And yes, Suki, pure heart goes in. And unfortunately, she, the wrong people get their hands on her when she gets into the city. And they railroad her into this where she's got to work there selling her little body to dirty giants that fly in from all over the world. Mm, horrible. So here I've got this little girl next to me and, and, and usually we don't do that, but I just felt to ask her at that stage, uh, you know, I just said, Suki, if you could have stayed in school, what, what is it that you wanted to do? What was your, you know, your dream to do? Mm. And, and here, and this is the heartbreaking thing. And I think we've all of us, we've all got something that really motivates us. And, 
And for me, it was, you know, I looked in her face and to see somebody telling you a dream that they know in their heart of hearts is gone, it's broken, it's shattered to pieces. Mm -hmm. I could see in her eyes when she's telling me a story, what she wanted to do is that she didn't believe that was at all possible ever again. And she wanted you know, she, she, yes, and quietly, she just very quietly kind of looking down, body language was just all given up in hope. She said, I wanted to become a school teacher. Oh, wow. So here's a girl, here's a girl that wanted to be an educator for, educator for the next generation. Out of the pureness of her heart, decides to put her dream on hold mm. to help her family out and mm. gets railroaded into something she never dreamed in her wildest dreams she would be involved in. Wow. And she gets railroaded in something. And for her, there was no way out. But, but if it but wasn't for this... For then, then, you came up, then you came in her life. And, and yeah, what did well, you do after and, and that? Well, what happens is, is, because I was only there for a short period, so uh, um, I just handed her details over to the permanent guys that are there. And they then follow up and and was happy to say a raid was organized. Um, and I probably just got to stop there a bit is that we've got COVID rescues where we go and rescue them one at a time. And then we've also got raid rescues, which raid rescues is when we work with, uh, uh, with the local federal agencies and agencies that specifically deal with traffic, trafficking. Um, we deal with them. And so we organize them together. And what we'll do is a raid gets organized with these wonderful uh, federal uh, um, police departments in the different countries. Um, and they come with us. Um, our guys go undercover, get, the, get all the necessary information, uh, uh, make sure that you know, they see these children that have been trafficked in there. The, the raid gets done with our guys. The police come in, they raid the place, they shut it down, and everybody that's been trafficked in there gets rescued. And so, so, uh, and so, so the, the result is great. We've got place gets shut down, the, um, the, the owners or managers there get sent to jail and all the trafficked individuals get set free. And so, uh, so that's, what's, that's what happened to that place. And, and, and I just wanted to add here also is that um, when we rescue, we, res we go for rescuing children, a lot of, but a lot of times we also even find once we do a raid, there's actually even uh, um, adults, like when I say adults, you've got 19-year-olds and 20-year-olds that have been trafficked uh, traffic individuals that found themselves there and they get set free as well. So it's, it's wow, like you know, using, use, using the, the, the analogy of the life, life survey if you're drowning. Yes. Obviously, when we go in there and we focus on rescuing children, but if we see a 20-year-old there and she's drowning, we're not going to say, oh, sorry, wrong, age, it's not helping you. So mm -hmm. we'll, yeah, we'll help yeah. all, you know, because we've got to ask the question before, you know, what happens if you come across, because there are, you know, it's not just children that are trafficked, there are also adults that get trafficked, mm -hmm. and we, we, we rescue all. So our focus is children, but we rescue all. So yes. if we come across their path while we're rescuing children, we'll rescue the adults as well. So, um, yes, and so that was, that was, that's basically my story in that sense. But each one of us have got a, got a story, in, and uh, that, that motivates us at Destiny Rescue. And... And, uh, and the great thing for me is, is, is um, once we rescue them, they'll, they'll, they'll go through our rescue centers in the different nations uh -huh. and then also our, our partners. Um, we've got a system, what we call Pathway to Freedom. And so yes. once the children are rescued, depending on the different countries, we've got different setups. Uh -huh. um, but for example, in, in Cambodia, once we rescue them, 
they actually go to our rescue centres where they can then get uh, medical help, they get trauma counsel, and then we also assess how did they get there. Was it what, were the parents implicit in it, or were the parents totally naive? That happens a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And people don't um, know. Yeah. And then yes, yes, that's right. Mm-hmm. And like mm-hmm. for example, Suki, you know, the parents had, the mum had nothing to do with it. She just went she to help no her mum. She had no idea. Did she no, have any idea? No idea. No idea. No, no, no. She and and. And also, just a side note, what we do a lot of times, we, we won't tell the parents necessarily where we found the children once, if, it was, if it's safe to reunite the children uh, with, with the parents, mm-hmm. um, we'll do that uh, and still be involved in their life. But we, tell, we don't tell the parents where we found the child. It's up to the child to if they want to actually divulge what mm-hmm. happened to them. Mm-hmm. We, we try and protect them all the way through. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and some of that is actually crucial because in some of the nations we're involved with, if the if the if the community finds out what they what they would help uh, saved and uh, rescued out of, um, yeah. although when they had nothing to do with their decision making process, they get ostracised. So yeah. that's why we're we're very careful. We don't tell people. We just say we're a, we're a benevolent organisation. They came across our path. We helped them, and that's why we're still involved with them. So you know that's that's how we do it. And mm. um, so a good way so of doing it. Yes. Yes, mm. and then we also work out. Um, where their educational levels are, you know, like in Cambodia, we, we, what's their abilities to read and write from Mary. Um, and then, with, then we've got also uh, in-house, we've got, uh, we help them with, for those that are a little bit older with vocational training, uh, mm-hmm. because we believe in the principle of um, uh, give a man a fish, you feed them for one day, but teach them how to fish. They, you, you allow them to feed themselves and their family for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So, so for us, so for us mm-hmm. yes, and so so what we do is we we help them like, like in Cambodia we've got an in-house vocational training that is a, a, a like a, a training up to become beauticians if that's what they want to do, mm-hmm. and what it is is, is we, we we were looking at what can we do that can that they can utilize when they go back to their villages, and mm-hmm. so this was one of them. When I say beautician, it's 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 hair hairdressing, it's it's makeup, it's yeah. it's. Uh, Manicures and pedicures, um, and um, uh, the trade that they that can can't, do. Yes, yeah. that's right. Yeah. And so, yeah. and for example, you know, we've had a lot of success stories out of that. Uh, we had uh, uh, we had two sisters, for example, that got rescued by us, and it's very rare that they actually stay together when traffic. But they, uh, um, we rescued the two sisters. They went through our program. They went back to their village. And, you know, they, they built up, they started to, and we give them the startup uh, equipment, everything they need to start up their little business once they've gone through this training. So we give them all the tools, um, to, like a startup pack. And um, wow. they, they ended up being the, the, uh, the major uh, beauty salon where all the locals, and it was like just a little wooden oh, shack. You know, we're not that's a fantastic salon. story. I love the end but of that they, story. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And they were just the yeah. major one, which the whole village went to. So they not only looked after themselves financially, mm-hmm. but they also were able to look after their whole family. Mm-hmm. So, so out of this little business that they started. And then, then, mm-hmm. and then, we've, then we've got other wonderful uh, stories, success stories of, because we'll, we've got other groups we partner with as well. We can't do everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got this wonderful patisserie. Uh, I actually went to it in Cambodia. That takes our uh, girls that want to be trained up as patisserie chefs and take them through a two-year program, train them up to become patisserie chefs, and then actually employ them. Or their training is so good, these girls find jobs within other restaurants being patisserie chefs. Ah, and um, okay. I don't... 
yeah. for, those, for those viewers, for those viewers that probably can't see me or just listen to podcasts, I'm kind of a big boy, so I, I, I really enjoy. I, re I really partake into the uh, wonderful uh, 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 products they created. <laughs> oh, totally, totally. It's like a green-style patisserie, and oh my goodness, uh, uh, they actually came. They actually, as a, a patisserie, became second or third in an international competition. That's how good they are. Oh, so, there you go. Now you're yes, advertising yes, so, for that. That's a good one. Oh, and so where I, is it located? I, <laughs> it's not in the Gold Coast, I say. <laughs> it's in no, Cambodia? No, no, yeah, Cambodia and Phnom Penh, but I'll, 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 I'll just keep the name now. Just, but, um, yeah. but, yeah, no, great. And, and so, I mean, there's numerous uh, avenues we've, we've put our girls in. A quick, well, quick, quick little other example is um, we had this one girl that she was actually in Cambodia. Funny enough, same thing. She was she was in our center, and it didn't look like the the different um, options we gave her. Really, she there was nothing she could really hook into. And mm -hmm. then our, um, our one of our social workers there at our rescue center saw her doing drawings in her off time and realized she was really good at her drawings and uh -huh. and we realized that was the key for her uh -huh. and so so we uh, we as destiny rescue then enrolled her into in, in cambodia in a, in a japanese style art school okay. and yeah. and she and yes and she she really flourished and really did well out of it and, and and graduated out of this art school and when she finished her her, her art school there we then actually found out that there was an international a movie studio that was setting up an a, a arm there in Cambodia for doing a digital animation, and oh, they were wow. taking it. They they were um, they were actually taking in just a small amount of interns, mm -hmm. and so we set up an appointment with them for her. She went for an interview. She got accepted as an intern, and I'm happy to say after her internship, she did such a great job. Worked really hard did a great job that they gave her a full-time position as a digital animator. So, that's so exciting. The, and, that's amazing. Oh, it is. And, and that's, and that's what, what for us is, is, is getting the girls and the children and individuals into a place where they can choose their own destiny, get them a mm -hmm. place where they've got, yes, bad things happen to them, but that's not what should define them who they are. Let's mm -hmm. get to the point where they can choose their own destiny and yes. go after I, their own destiny. Definitely. And I totally align with that. That's why I wanted you on my podcast, because I think everybody deserves to be happy. And, yes. uh, you know, there's things out there that people don't know that we really need to bring awareness to. So I'll just yes, ask you right. a couple more questions, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. So what is your vision for the company and the children that you rescue? What is your ultimate vision? Well, our, our ultimate vision is to... Is, 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 to, uh, is to obviously set free as many, many individuals that are caught in the sex trafficking industry as possible to bring a voice for the voiceless, to, 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 to come to a point where we have a serious impact in, in this industry, that we see a serious change in it where this won't be a flourishing industry anymore, but we'll see, we'd like to personally see the end of, uh, of, of sex trafficking of children. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I know that's a very huge lofty goal, but that's what we're going in, after. But, in a perfect but at world, least right? in the short, yes, mm -hmm. that's right. But mm -hmm. in the short term, have a serious impact on, on, on the trafficking of children, bringing the numbers down and also bringing also being able to, like for me personally, to be able to talk on wonderful podcasts like yourself 
and just spread the news about about this evil that's out there, but that that people can kind of get involved with uh, partner with organizations like that, like us, and make a difference in in, in their lives. Like, um, you know, I, I, I spoke to an accountant who's one of our. Uh, he's got his own accountancy firm and he's a, a business and. And, um, he, you know, he said the thing that he loved, loved because he's one of our monthly donors, he said, I can, I can do what I do. I do what I know what to do. I, I'm great at what I do in my business. But he yeah. said, what I really love is while I'm doing what I'm doing, sitting pouring through all these financial documents that a lot of people see as boring work, dull work. But he mm -hmm. said, I know in the background, back of my head, is that my donations are working in a different way for me is where I am directly involved in risk children out of hell holes yes. and, and changing their life forever and that's exactly uh, um, uh, um, how I got involved and that's directly what happens is, is if it wasn't for our wonderful fantastic donors and we've got such loyal donors oh, if it wasn't for them we couldn't be in these countries we couldn't be there I couldn't have been there in, 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 in Thailand uh, sitting next to Sugi uh, none of our guys would be out there rescuing children even as we're speaking now in the process of wrestling children so mm -hmm. it's, and, you, it's, it's, and you just uh, started sorry go ahead yeah and you and you just started just being a donor so that was my next yes. question was how can people get involved how can communities get involved in destiny well, the big, and yes yes the, the, the biggest thing help. for us is yes the biggest thing for us is 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 like probably a lot of organizations out there is finances mm -hmm. we've got we've got so much work in front of us and, and dollars, unfortunately, you know, in a perfect world, it wouldn't, but in the real world, dollars equals rescues. Uh -huh. um, and just to put it in context, uh, average cost for, for, for a single rescue, like the COVID rescue you're talking about, uh, per, per individual is, is $1,500. And that's just for the actual physical rescue, never mind wow. any of the yeah. aftercare work or anything like that. Then the, um, the rates that we were talking about earlier when the whole place gets shut down and everybody gets set free that's caught in there. Mm -hmm. um, the average cost works at about $10,000. And that's just the reality of uh, the cost factor. Some, sometimes higher, sometimes some are lower, but that's the reality because there's so many things involved in organizing a raid. And yes. I can't go into details because then I give away our, how we do it. Which no, we no, don't that's want okay. To, uh, publicize. That's fair enough. I don't think but anyone wants to know it anyway. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, but we, but we, but that's that's literally uh, um, roughly how much our accountants have worked out, our financial operators worked out, how much an uh, average rate costs us. Okay. But people hear those numbers and they go like, oh, you know, I'm just, you know, I've just got my job. But how people get involved is it's like many hands make life work. Yes. Is, um, is 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 by by simply becoming even rescue partners. Rescue partners for us is, is are people that commit to give monthly amounts, and they give what they can afford. Yeah. So, I, so I even a dollar would, go, have, you know, that's about a dollar would be okay yeah, a month, yeah, a week. Mm. Yeah, in, in, any amount a month will really help. When they go on our site, we've got a set price that says uh, that says fifty-five dollars a month. But people can go in and change it to whatever. They can change it to twenty dollars. I mean. If you look at $20, we're talking four cups of coffee a month. That's, that's nothing. Mm. Yeah, um, nothing. And depends no. what coffee you have. If, if you start doing almond lattes and a few other things, it's, it's one that's and a half it, cups yeah. of Some so, people have yeah, five so. cups of coffee. So how much is that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> they exactly, can put it into exactly. good use <laughs> and yeah, they'll be healthier. Right. <laughs> that's exactly it. So, um, and um, yeah, so, so that's one of the main ways people can help us. And also is sharing this uh, um, podcast. 
with yeah. as many people as possible. I would say do that as well because you should help spreading the word as well. And, and then also, and if people want to get involved more, if they, if they want to say, you know what, I want to actually become an individual fundraiser for Desi Rescue, like we can set them up with a Raisley page and give them different things that the projects they can get involved with. I would gladly, if they can contact me, I'd gladly talk to them and see if there's other ways that they can help. Um, okay. But yes, uh, like I said, our main thing is rescue partners, but I mean, I've got, uh, you know, uh, I've got people that will contact me and say, you know what, I want to do more. I want to, I want to actually be able to raise more money, talk to my friends, to, uh, you know, host a cocktail party or, or we've even got a thing called uh, um, free fall for freedom where, where you can, where we'll set up a racing page for you and you jump out of a plane uh, and skydiving and use that as a, as a way of, of, of letting your network know and try and get, raise as much funds as you can by jumping out of a plane for us. So, so all they have to do is just... ways to raise some money. That's fantastic. That's right. That's, that's yeah. exactly it. So yeah. um, uh, if, if we may be on... Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I'll give you the details and I'll give you my email address and also a link. So if people a link to if they want to become rescue partners and also a link, uh, also my email address if they just want to directly email me. Okay. And if there's that people that, that go, you know what? I'll put it in the podcast too. Yeah, brilliant. And I'll put it brilliant. in the link too. So that's fine. Oh, fantastic. And yeah. if they go straight on our website and they decide, you know what, I want to do a one-off donation on here straight away. If they can please just in the comment section, refer to your podcast, that'd be fantastic. Mm -hmm. So Definitely. yes, uh, but, but otherwise, you know, email me or click on the link. If you want to become a monthly donor, any bit of help really make, makes a difference. So don't Absolutely. feel like, oh, there's not any, any amount helps, any bit of help helps and help us also spread the news, share this podcast as much as you can. So, mm -hmm. um, yes, yeah. anyway, I can talk for hours about this. Interview. You can so talk, but that's <laughs> fantastic. I know we've been over 45 minutes, so it's, it's, it's been oh, a good no. podcast. It's okay. There'll be lots of listeners. <laughs> oh, we're going to oh, share it far and wide. It's going to be in Canada. It's going to be in South Africa. It's going to be everywhere. Oh, so. fantastic. There you go. Oh, there we go. Um, oh, uh, well, finally, to finish, I want to thank you so much for coming on my podcast and sharing your insights on such a deep topic and giving, the, and giving my listeners and our viewers some insight into what's really going on in the world. Um, I just have one last question for you, mm -hmm. and that is, yep. can you leave our listeners and our viewers some thoughts to take home? Right, thoughts, yes. Um, Firstly, uh, this, this is a difficult topic for people, but I think we, um, evil persists when good men and good people um, decide to do nothing. And I think we, we, we want to leave, like for me, I want to leave this world in a better place for the next generation. For my kids, my kids' kids, I, I wanted to make sure that I do have an impact. And everybody can. Everybody's got a voice. Everybody can speak up. Uh -huh. Like I said, even if it's a simple thing about starting to talk about it, Mm -hmm. That's already starting to open the door and increase knowledge for people out there. So share it, talk about it. We can all make a difference. Mm -hmm. I don't care where you find yourself and what you, what you do, you too can make a difference. So mm -hmm. bless you guys. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for coming on and I'll leave it at that. Thank you so much, Sean. I really appreciate this opportunity. And you're doing an amazing job. And thanks for this amazing opportunity to be on your wonderful podcast. Aww, thank you, Mark. We'll talk soon.